Join us September 30th through October 2nd for the 26th annual Zero Mental Health Symposium. The topic of this year's symposium couldn't be more timely as we look at healing from historical trauma. This is the first year we are hosting the event virtually, and the best part is the cost to attend is reduced, and full conference registration is only $180. Also, there are discounts available to students and groups. Learn more about the symposium and register today at zerosymposium.org. You're the only one of you that there is, and it's precious and beautiful and uniquely wired and deserves a break right now. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. On today's episode, our guest is Janetta Cravens, Vice President of Programs for the Oklahoma Center for Nonprofits. By profession, Janetta is an executive coach, organizational developer, ordained minister, and community organizer who built her career working at the intersection of social justice and community change. The reason we invited Jeanette on the podcast is that she wrote a beautiful COVID-19 mental health related story for the Oklahoma Center for Nonprofits called Maybe It's the Weather, Maybe Not, Mental Health for Leaders in a Season of Uncertainty. And I just want to read you a little bit from this story. It starts, let's be clear from the start of this post. I'm not a mental health professional, but I do have a mind and sometimes use it. I've been to my fair share of counselors and therapists over the years, and a part of my Divinity School graduate courses included intensive training and counseling so that I might be prepared for all those parishioners who might walk in my office one day and say, hey, do you have a minute? Depression and anxiety is a complex topic, and I'm qualified only to write about my own searches to understand it and my own experiences with it. A colleague shared with me their observation the other day that we're all living with a little low-grade depression right now, which felt like a fair diagnosis upon reflecting my own three cups of coffee that morning I just had so that I could feel with it enough to focus on work. With that... Janetta, welcome to the Mental Health Download, where I too have had three cups of coffee already. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Matt. It's really nice to be with you today. And I love this story so much. Talk to us about what inspired it. Our job at the Oklahoma Center for Nonprofits is to support leaders and those who work in the nonprofit sector in their various forms and functions. And I'm just hearing a lot of people say that they feel they're just feeling it. You know, they're exhausted from Zoom meetings or the constant need to renegotiate common decisions in their life, like where to work or, you know, do kids be in, you know, are are kids going to go to school right now? Can we go to the family reunion or the funeral or the wedding? It's just, we have to renegotiate every aspect of our life and it's, it's exhausting. So I, I wanted to, to write a piece that reflected on some of my experiences, but helped me put into context some of the things I think other people are dealing with right now. When did you release this? It was about two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what was, and it, and it went out to how many different people? Well, it gets posted, uh, who knows how many thousands of people it touches or reaches and how many actually read it out of that list. But, you know, it goes on our blog post. It usually gets a a link included in one of our newsletters, which has a couple, you know, thousand people um, on it. And and then and then like I might repost it on my LinkedIn or other social media profile pages. And then so that kind of reaches a different audience. So it, it, it got some good traction and, and feedback from audiences that surprised me, to be honest. Um, I didn't realize it would catch as much attention as it did. What were some of those bits of feedback that you received? 
You know, I had people say that they felt grateful that someone articulated what they were feeling right now and that it helped to put into perspective the need for self-care. I think that, you know, later on in the blog post, one of the things I talk about is Parker Palmer's view of depression as a force that presses on us, right? Like literally depresses us back to the ground. And a lot of our struggles and concerns are driven by an unwieldy need to meet expectations, whether those are the expectations we put on ourselves or the false expectations that we think other people have of us. And so depression is in some ways an invitation to come down off of that pedestal of life and back down to the ground. And so I heard a lot of people say that they appreciated naming the reality that they were feeling and then maybe and then giving themselves permission to be more grounded and to make decisions that were based on reality, current reality, rather than on what we think we should. You know, we're really good at shooting on ourselves. Um, <laughs> shooting on ourselves. I do. love that. S H O U L D I N G. I love that. We're really good at it. And, and this is an, if there was ever an era in which those expectations are not serving us, it's, it's right now. So it's, it's been, it's been great to hear so many people share, share those reflections with me. It's been, it's been great. And the link to this story is uh, in the show notes, so you can check it out there. I want to read another paragraph. It says, I heard Aaron Engelke, executive director of Calm Waters, say last week on our sector-wide Wednesday call that we're all grieving the life we used to have. We're realizing that it's still going to be a while before we can give a round of hugs at a family reunion or meet up with friends in a restaurant or bar or put our kid into school or daycare. We're forging ahead knowing that it takes more than good intentions to be more inclusive and equitable and do all of this while worrying about whether we can make payroll and continue our programs in one of the strangest economic climates we've had to face in a very long time. You know, tell me more about that conversation you had with Aaron. We do a weekly call with the sector, with a whole nonprofit sector. We started it at the start of of COVID-19 as a way to keep our members, which is really any nonprofit in Oklahoma, informed on some of the policy changes and concerns that were happening and also make them aware of some of the new resources that were becoming available, like the PPP loans. And so even after the initial crisis turned a corner and we realized we were in this for the long haul, we continued those Wednesday weekly sector calls. And we we focused our call that week or the week I'm referring to on on grief and mental health. I think that's a topic that deserves a lot of attention right now. And I just really appreciated Aaron's perspective that we're all grieving the life that we used to have. I, I worked for a while with a counselor early on in my in my career. And I worked with, I mean, it was part of that intensive training that I mentioned in the blog post earlier. And she was a big fan of grief. She was an old retired army chaplain, which is is a kind of mental health provider cut from a different cloth, if if you know what I mean. And and she she was a big fan of grief. She just she really believed that we didn't grieve enough as a society or give ourselves permission to grieve enough. You know, she she would say to me, um, if you woke up this morning and can you can't get 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 your pants on, 
grieve that, you know, you, you know, you, you know, your dad didn't, didn't talk to you on the phone the way that you expected them to just grieve that and move on. But it's when, it's when we don't allow ourselves to feel the grief that we hold that inside and creates, I think some of those inflated expectations that we were just talking about. So when Aaron said that we're all ex- grieving the life we used to have, I, it really struck a chord with me. And I, re- and I think that's why I, I remembered it specifically. Yeah, that's beautiful. And actually, um, on a previous episode of the Mental Health Download, we talked with Joanna Micah. She's with the Grief Center here in Tulsa, which is a nonprofit. And it was a really uh, fascinating conversation. And we talked about that very thing of grieving, you know, the lives that we had before. And because I am talking with you and and hopefully the people who follow you uh, through the Oklahoma Center for Nonprofits, I want to tell you all that the Zero Mental Health Symposium is coming up September 30th through the October 2nd. And one of the cool breakout sessions that we're going to offer is, is presented by Joanna Micah of the Grief Center, and it's called The Impact of Grief Slash Trauma on the Brain. And I want to read just the really small description here. It says, in this presentation, we will explore the impact that grief and trauma have on the brain. We will discover how unresolved trauma can impact the ability to grieve. We will also look at the different strategies to help regulate a person who is stuck in a trauma response. So yeah, go to zerosymposium.org, register today. And the theme is healing from historical trauma. And we're in the midst of that trauma right now, you know, and from years, years and years ahead, we're still going to be dealing with the trauma of this time that we're experiencing right now. But we're also going to be talking about, obviously, the the Holocaust, the Trail of Tears, the race massacre here in Tulsa in 1921, among other things. So, yeah, check out uh, zerosymposium.org for that. And then with that, I want to move on and talk about you know, you do talk a lot about Parker Palmer in this in this piece. I'm unfamiliar with Parker Palmer. Can you tell us about Parker? I actually don't know much about his like formative years, but I, I know him more through his writing, of course. He became a Quaker. I don't know if that was the the tradition he was raised in. Like I said, I know I don't know much about his formative years, but but he writes a lot about vocational search, right? Like the life, applying your life to something with purpose. And so he gets used a lot in theological circles, faith communities, especially those of the kind of mainstream and and progressive community in a way that helps us understand like the actions that we take and the kinds of differences that they make in the world. So one of his favorite, one of his books that is my favorite is Let Your Life Speak. But in addition to his, you know, focus on vocation and the, you know, the ethics of living a good life, he also spends a lot of time talking about his own struggles with, with depression and, 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 and is written and spoken about it frequently. And I appreciate that kind of that authenticity and honesty that a thought leader brings to the equation of what it means to try to lead other people while also struggling with your own ailments especially when your mind and your body are are betraying your good intentions and his his very practical approach to depression as as a grounding force is was such a new and nice take it's so interesting to me that in mental health we still think of mental health as literally the things that we think and not as a physical ailment as well 
you know, some portion of our brain, I don't know, 50, 60, 70% of our brain, but there's a still, there's this core part of our brain, right? The, the amygdala and the chromoreceptors and this kind of core part of our brain that is about, that, that is about monitoring the body at all times, right? It's like, there's, it's totally devoted to con- concerns about our physiology. And so when we feel depressed and we can't get out of bed, or we're feeling anxious and we want to eat, or we're feeling uncertain and 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 that tightens our shoulders like there's a whole even the fact we have to say that there's a a mind-body connection is a testament to me to how disparate that though we have created those things like they they're they're they are the thing they are the same thing like we are a body and so when Parker Palmer talks about depression, it's literally pressing us back into the ground, right? It, 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 there's a physicalness that comes with that. It's not just changing our way of thinking. It's changing our way of, of being and, and allowing ourselves to be more, more grounded. I mean, not to overuse that term, but to be more in touch with, with the ground. Yeah. That was wonderfully explained. So the next section of your story, I want to read aloud. And it says, this week on our sector-wide call, I heard us talk about the support we receive from our network, our colleagues and each other. Yes, we need a support system, whether that is in the form of spouses and partners and close friends or colleagues with whom we can share ideas or professional support from executive coaches or counseling services like employee assistance programs, EAPs. Without this support, we're risk of being carried away by our feelings of being out of control or uncertainty of next steps or oversized heroism that can single-handedly hold it all together. What I do know from my own journey is that pushing these feelings down or away just makes them bubble back up and usually not in a pleasant way. And our clients, our staff, our board, our families, and ourselves deserve better than that. I love this paragraph so much. There's a lot there to talk about. Talk to me about your, you know, how much you rely on your own networks of support to get through these difficult times. It's, it's so important. It's so important. There was a time in my life when I, it's not right now, but this is more illustrative of when we're going through a difficult season, we need, we need intentional support. And when we're facing an adver- adversity, there's a, we can be, re- we can be our own kind of worst resistances to that in thinking that we can go it alone or we don't want to bother anyone else with it. Or the converse is true and we kind of bleed it all over everyone, which doesn't always help either. And and so there really was a time in my life when I had I had a counselor, an executive coach, a spiritual guide. I had I had a spiritual leader. It was a fantastic nun, really, really great uh, resource. Um, and the support of colleagues, friends, and spouses. We need places where we can find sanctuary and support and feel free to think and feel freely so that we can un- to unpack, explore, find our way through our own thoughts and emotions and behaviors. And so, and sometimes that that's a that's a that's a protected space of a of a counselor's office or an executive coach in confidential and professional settings. And sometimes that's through the listening ear of a friend who will just take time out to let you share. I think of stress and and grief and depression and anxiety as almost like static electricity that builds up in, in the body. And if we don't have a place to unleash that stress, that static electricity, it builds up as your as, as the quote from from our colleague mentioned just a minute ago. So 
appropriate outlets are important. Otherwise, we will resort to other behaviors that get that static electricity, right? That build up out, whether that's overeating or drinking or anger and, and inappropriate lashing out at people. Like we, our bodies will discharge that stress. And if we don't do it in the right way, it will come out with in, it will come out in behaviors that, that risk derailing the kinds of relationships we're really trying to build and the kinds of good work we're really trying to do. And so that's what I meant by that last sentence in that paragraph is that we, our loved ones and ourselves and the people we work with deserve better than our worst beha- than, than our stress behaviors. And I love that you point out employee assistance program, that's EAP. I'm sure, you know, for the people who, you know, very blessedly have been able to maintain their employment, I'm one of them. I'm so grateful for my job every single day for many reasons, but including that if I needed an EAP, I could use it. And that would, you know, it's a work-based intervention program designed to assist employees in resolving personal problems that may be adversely affecting the employee's performance. And that is so important. That's that's one of the biggest things that Mental Health Association Oklahoma we we tell employers and employees, you know, really rely on those things because there are so many barriers to accessing mental health treatment and EAP just knocks those barriers down because it's right there for you and it's free and it's through your employment. It's 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 a really great benefit if that every employer should should consider setting up for their employees. And for those, sadly, people who are out of work, and there are millions and millions right now, we have a pro bono counseling program called Sunbridge. You can access that by calling 918-585-1213 or 405-943-3700. And you can call those numbers or email us at info at mhaok.org. And that will connect you to one of our amazing mental health professionals who can walk you through how to access mental health treatment, whether you have insurance or not. So that's awesome. So as we wrap up here, Janetta, this has just been phenomenal. Thank you so much. What we do here um, is we ask our guests to leave us with one final bit of wisdom. And so that can be anything you want it to be. Um, uh, But you've already given us so much. So thank you. But yeah, just close us out by sharing one last bit of encouragement to our audience during these, these very, very strange and difficult times. I would say take it easy on yourselves. You know, just you're the only one of you that there is. And it's precious and beautiful and uniquely wired and deserves a break right now. So whatever that looks like, just go easy on yourself and take good care of you. 